Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, are you struggling to get your spouse's attention? Just sit down and look comfortable. See, we're a public information service. Did you see that? <laughs> I did. Hi, America. Hello, well. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. My dad was sitting nice and comfortable in the lounge, and my mother announces she wants ice cream, right? Mm-hmm. So my dad says, okay, I'll get up. I'll make some. What do you want? My mother replies, two scoops of vanilla with chocolate and caramel syrup. She wants whipped cream and a cherry on top. My mother adds, hang on, I'll write it down. You'll forget. My dad says, no, it's okay. I'm not like you. I'm not old. I'll remember. Off my dad trots. Goes into the kitchen. Comes back. After a while, he comes back with a tray. He proudly boasts, I've got you everything you asked for. Eggs, sunny side up, bacon, sausage, and orange juice. Yeah, my mother sighs. She's like, oh. she puts her head in her hands and says, "No, you didn't. You forgot the toast." <laughs> oh. I love this show. Welcome to the show. More questions than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment we will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious strange supernatural unusual bizarre and just plain weird if you have just tuned in especially to hear the show then i admire your taste if you have just tuned in by accident then i admire your luck i am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. It's amazing how quickly my mother goes out when she's had sausage, toast, egg, bacon and orange juice, right? Yeah. We press our ear against the wall of my bedroom to hear my mother snoring each week. And whatever my mother listens to before she goes to bed, picks and pulls on her unconscious mind. And that's the very tune she snores, so let's have a listen tonight. Mmm, push it. Push it real good. Or jingle bells. Or jingle bells, one or the other. They have a similar sound. <laughs> All the right notes, but not necessarily in the right order. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights, and hold on tight. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and retrobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, so let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and heathervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. She is also our producer and sound engineer. Heather remembers when she was a kid, you could go to the storm with one dollar, Come home with three bags of chips, two candy bars, and a cold drink. Now they have cameras everywhere. Welcome to the show, Heather. Uh, hello. <laughs> I'm already getting behind on my Christmas shoplifting. I'll just share that with you. Nice. You know they closed the store where I got all your Christmas presents from, right? Which one was that? The Dollar Tree. Wow. You're well, how much welcome. is that? A dollar. What about that? Everything's a dollar. But how much is this? Still a dollar. What about this? 
hundred pennies. A hundred pennies. I did go around that shop and ask an assistant how much everything was, and that did wear thin for her after maybe twenty-five minutes. I bet. Not the end of the world. Mm. Now we've had problems getting a show out in the last couple of weeks. We have. Michelle and Chad aren't with us tonight. Michelle busy working. Chad's been a little unwell. And we've been very busy. I've got a book out. I'm going to talk about that later. But we have got a special guest coming through via modern technology on the phone. We are going to introduce a special guest tonight. It's a surprise. Into the studio. But I think we'll have some fun here. Yeah. Doing this between us. This is season three, episode 74, which means we're three episodes short of how 250th episode. No way. That's madness. It's crazy. Now, someone had the bright idea, and I'm sorry I can't remember your name, but the great idea was suggested because I said, what should we do for our 250th episode? And one of our listeners said, why don't we say how we found the show or how we managed to guide ourselves, luckily or with skill, to the show that is more questions than answers? And I will read those out. I'm going to keep that going. I think really? That's an excellent idea. We'll read huh. those out. So in three episodes time, for our 250th episode, if people wish to comment on our wall, and I will mention we have a listening party taking place right now. So yeah. if you go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook, we have many, many listeners that answer the questions, that comment, that have gift wars. We have mm-hmm. five, 600 comments every episodes we appreciate you on there i'm sure you're having fun as we speak right now more fun than me well this is friday the 13th (laughs) is it any wonder we're struggling with our equipment (laughs) yes with everything we've got going on in the world right now friday the 13th and a full moon we should be hiding in a bunker surely we are in a bunker that's true we are it does look like a bunker It reminds me of the Burgess Meredith Twilight Zone edition where he's in a bank vault and he comes back upstairs and there's been a nuclear war while he's been down there reading books and there's nothing left. I just imagine we'll come blinking into the sunset like the Morlocks from H.G. Wells' time machine and wonder where everything is. Is that the one where he comes up and he had been reading books and the crux of the matter is that he breaks his glasses? He sits... On his glasses. Of course, there wouldn't be an opticians or anyone wearing glasses knocking around, would there? Yes, disappointment abounds. That isn't good news. I'm under the impression that Friday the 13th, historically, wasn't bad. I think Friday was always considered bad. It was the day that Jesus was crucified. And I think Freya, the Norse god, was to do with mischief. And I think 13th has always been unlucky. And again, Judas was the 13th disciple so i don't think it was friday the 13th that was unlucky i think friday was unlucky 13 was unlucky and over a period of time they've put themselves together in the same place that's how i understand it from a historical perspective yeah we're going to jump into the mailbag straight away already already into the mailbag because there may be some questions i want to ask you a little bit later so we're going to mix things up tonight do things a little bit differently Lorraine is a good friend and follower of the Mm -hmm. show she posted it's been a crapalicious week at the post office and it's only Wednesday she was writing this in the middle of the week I find myself tuning into the Patreon archives to keep myself from cutting a few people we don't want that do we no don't want any cutting no in the post office for Lorraine thank you so much for keeping me out of prison this week I love you all See, we are a public service. We'll keep people out of prison. We're giving them love, laughter, enjoyment, making them realise the world isn't as bad as perhaps you first realised. Sure. But we do have a Patreon account. If you wish to donate to the show, it's a single dollar. If you go to patreon.com and search for MQTA Radio, we do have Patreons on there. We ask for a single dollar. What do they get for our dollar, Miss Morris? What marvellous and incredible and wondrous things are gifted to our listeners for a single 100 pennies that you couldn't even shop with these days? Well, they get full episodes, early releases of all the episodes, special edition shows, and also they get to watch the videos when they're posted up. Yes, we've done videos of us sitting 
in the studio throwing things at each other. Yeah, eating gross things. Almost like a little cam you'd get at the zoo in the monkey enclosure. You can tune in and watch the monkeys throwing feces and defecation at each other and swinging from the tires. Very similar to us sat here in the studio right now. There's unaired episodes that have never been placed on the radio. There's radio plays. That's right. We have big plans for the future, too, to do special episodes just for Patreon. When we come into the studio, we always bring more stories with us than we need. Because the last thing you want on air is to be sat there with no stories to read out. Picking your nose. Well, I'm doing that now. Yeah. So, at the end of each episode, when we finished in the studio, there's a pile of paperwork, and I've collected all that. We have enough spare stories now that we could do at least three or four hours of a show just yeah. reading out news stories from around the world. All over. I think we could do that. I think that could be something for our Patreon followers. Yes. But all the money goes to the show. We have many, many platforms we're on. Yes. We have to pay for studio costs, and our equipment breaks on a regular basis due to the fact that most days there's a foot of water in this studio. That is true. There's alligators down here. I was uh, thinking about doing an episode. I, I did see a salamander this evening. That is true. And a frog. Yes, there was a frog as well. We have a lagoon in there the is, studio. <laughs> there, I saw an old man playing a banjo in a in a rocking chair earlier, smoking a corncob pipe. Oh. That was remarkable. Catherine was the lady that posted the idea, apparently, to ask our listeners how they found the show or why they started listening to MQTA. See, I fired a synaptic link and the name Catherine came back to me, so I appreciate that. She listens, of course, at 10 p.m. Central Time. If you want to catch us first on a Friday night on the Dark Matter Digital Network, we have 100,000 followers in 190 countries all over the world. Jerry, our good friend and listener, is having a few health problems and some issues, and he really needs our prayers and healing. So if you would like to give your prayers and healing for our good friend, Jerry, he would really appreciate that. He's one of our Patreon followers and uh, he supports the show and advertises us. He's been there for years. He does. And he listens on the platforms as well. If you wish to listen to the archives, we've got six years worth of shows and you can listen to those for free. They're just going to be a few months behind the Patreon episodes. So if you wish to go to soundcloud.com, search for MQTA radio, you can listen to all of our episodes back to back. If you're mowing the grass, if you're hunting for frogs, If you're in a wetsuit in the lagoon that is our studio, you can listen to all of those back-to-back in the gym, walking the dog. Whacking the salamander. If you can do whatever you want, (laughs) just don't involve me in your strange spells and witchy ways, madam. But that's available if you go to SoundCloud. And if you're listening on SoundCloud right now, why not press the little orange love heart? Show us how much you appreciate what we do. And maybe even cut and paste the link and post that on your social media Mm -hmm. to tell the whole wide world that you're listening to the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world. And there is an incentive to find us on our platforms. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn. Right. I've forgotten them all already. Wherever you log into your podcast, you'll find us. You will find us. Now, we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes in the studio at the top of the hour that we can't do on air in a round that we call Not For Your Mother. So would you like to explain to our listeners what an extra 25 minutes they will get if they track down our show in the archives. You will get all of the naughtiness that we find throughout the week. And we find a lot of it. And sometimes um, on accident, a lot of times on purpose. Sometimes just for <laughs> leisure activities and nothing more than that. It's a very lonely, lonely world being a, an author and paranormal investigator. Then working at the post office, you got to release somehow. So you got to have those naughty stories. And where they end up is in the Not For Your Mother segment in our archives. It's very adult. We can't read it out on the Dark Matter digital network because there were complaints after the first week six years ago. That's because of you. Well, I did read them out. This is true. But I think everyone had a hand in that to a degree. We all had our own stories, didn't we? It's amazing the filth you can stumble across by accident just by looking for paranormal stories. Yes. And they're too good not to read out. It's Some the, of them are a joy, aren't they? It's the time in the show when we can really cut loose and maybe partake in some libations. Wow. You're, you're getting very English just through osmosis. You, until you met me, you never knew the word libation. You don't want to know what I thought it meant. <laughs> oh, I'm just nipping out for a quick libation. 
I'll be back shortly. I'm picking up good libations. Of course you are. <laughs> wow. I wish they all could be me and a Southern girls. <laughs> Louise in New Jersey. New Jersey. Joyzy. Posted. Thanks for accepting me into this group. I always look forward to your podcast. You guys are funny, informative, and always keeping with everything paranormal and then she says i need to have 10 points so i will give myself 10 points that's very kind of you louise we really appreciate having you on board spread the word spread yeah the madness how is that gonna work tonight i'm 10 nil up that's how that's working tonight that was a quick 10 points wasn't it i'm gonna guess who wins tonight well we'll see there's many a slip (laughs) twix cup right whatever ed then added i love the name ed by the way name of my dad name of my granddad my middle name of course i knew i was in trouble when my mother said adrian edward lee of course of course edward then added welcome to my nightmare that's my motto for this team insanity rules normality is boring that's right Love it. Can't disagree with him on any level. So we've got our Patreons. If people wish to donate a dollar, you can go to my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And I have got a new book out. This book came out this week. So between the two of us, we'll do a round of applause. There we go. Good news for me. I will read a little bit of the book and explain that in a second. But I've got a fabulous story that my mother sent me. Oh. So I've woken up. Of course, there's a six-hour difference britain's six hours ahead of course than where we are here in central time so i woke up in the morning open up my emails got a cup of tea cat's sitting on the bed my mother's written me an email my mother scientist worked in a hospital all of her life in the biochemistry labs uh probably a complete atheist i would think i was never baptized never christened as a child i've never seen my mother set foot in a church other for a funeral and a wedding very sceptical, I believe, of all things. Mm-hmm. This is what she wrote to me. I'm not reading it out, but I'm going to paraphrase the lady. She said to me, Adrian, I was walking out of the bathroom and I walked into the hallway. And there, standing in front of me, was a little boy. He was wearing a white silk scarf, a little flat cap on his head. And he had trousers pulled all the way up like a little Dickensian Victorian boy. By the way, no Victorian Dickensian boy lives with my mum and dad. I'll just put that straight out there. Yeah. She saw a ghost. There's a little boy looking at her in the hallway of the house. That's amazing. And my mum's complete sceptic, of course, doesn't believe in any of this. And my mother, and I don't give her credit for too much in life, but my mother did exactly what I would have done and I'm incredibly impressed by this and you've never heard in six years whenever I eulogize my mother and other than for her snoring coming distantly <laughs> from the room next door my mo- mother often says to me why can't you say anything nice about me yeah. well here's the opportunity right now because do you know what my mother said go on she looked that little ghost boy in the eye she didn't do a dude run she never screamed very British, very laid back, very down to earth, no drama, no Scooby-Doo moments. She looked that ghost in the eye and said, please don't disappear. That's amazing. And the little boy disappeared. disappeared. There yep. you go. See That's how that That's remarkable. Works. Please don't disappear. That's very British, isn't it? Do you not think? Are you proud of her? Yeah, I am actually. It's like running through my DNA, this is. Oh. That house was built in the 1930s. In British standards, it's not that old. Right. I've lived in houses from the 17th, 18th century. That house was built in the 1930s in East London. The land used to be just fields and woodland. There's no way a little Victorian Dickensian boy was there because they used to live in that house. In fact, they live quite close to an airfield that was used during the Second World War called Hornchurch for Spitfires. So there was a lot of bombing the Germans targeted that area, of course, because they wanted to bomb the runway for the airfield. So the actual front of the house where my bedroom was, was actually destroyed by a bomb during the Second World War and rebuilt, would you believe? Do you think it's possible that it was attached to something maybe that your mom had in the house or somebody yes, brought to her? Yes, my mother has a lot of old crap in that house that oh, at some God. point in the future I'm going to have to clear out. <laughs> Some old tat. Well, the moment my mum's body's cold, there's going to be a dumpster oh, in the front of that building. Jeez. Honest to God. What's yes, my, my parents do collect quite a lot. My parents are like 
every other parent that comes from an environment of East London that was incredibly poor and growing up in the 40s and 50s, they had nothing. I absolutely don't, I nothing. Don't hear... So now they hoard. Mm. They collect everything. I've seen your house. I know you do the same thing. You wow. have a lot of antiques. Yes, because I grew up poor as well. That's right. See? That's exactly what Runs happens. Runs in the family. So I do believe one of two things. Either it was her great-great-granddad who was attached to her, but coming back as a small boy, that's sure. a possibility. Or it was attached to some of the antiques or furniture or the properties that she's got in the building. It certainly wasn't attached to the building. Right. So I thought that was a very interesting story from my mother. It's amazing. This week. Another interesting thing happened to me. This oh week's boy. been one long list of Here strange and bizarre go. things. You can tell it's the week of Friday the 13th, can't you? And full moons. I was in Sioux Falls in South Dakota. Okay. I was doing a little bit of shopping. Yes. I ended up at the register. Did you call it the till, the register, the checkout? Checkout. Checkout. There you go. And obviously, I'm having a dialogue with the guy who's running all my product through the till, through the register. And the woman standing next to me waiting says, oh, you must be from Australia. Oh, good God. <sighs> if I had a dollar, right? If I had a dollar, <sighs> honest to God, everyone, their first port of call. Why does everyone think I'm Australian? Oh, on the TV in this country, you have Doctor Who. You have Downton Abbey. You Harry have Potter. Harry Potter. What do you watch over here that's Australian? Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, that's 25, 30 years ago and some. Yeah. So anyway, she says, no, uh, are you Australian? And I said, no, I'm British. And she said, what part of British are you from? So this is what I've got to deal with in this country. I'm from the country of British, apparently. You are. And I thought I'd be funny at that point and said to her, well, which part of Canada are you from? And she said, but I'm not from Canada. So obviously I was experimenting with irony that day, and that doesn't travel well. You failed. Very, very poorly. Now I have a book out this week. Yeah. This has taken me eight years to write. I never had grey hair until I started writing this book this mm-hmm. is a unique book nothing like this has ever been written before it's now available in all formats it's available as an ebook it's available on your kindle it's available in a physical copy i prefer the physical copy i like to smell the glue smell the printing ink you sniff glue sniff the paper yes i'm a paper sniffer uh, there we go it is called ghosts and ufos that's the money shot right there isn't it the two yeah. last greatest phenomena in the history of mankind, together in the same title, Ghosts and UFOs Connecting Paranormal Phenomena Through Quantum Physics. Ooh. This has been eight years in the making. It's all of my experiences as a paranormal investigator, all of my experiences of seeing UFOs and talking to UFOlogists and hanging out with the guys at MUFON. It's putting them both together in the same book. On the front, it says Extraordinary Phenomena requires extraordinary thinking i'm going to read the back of this book i'm going to plug this i very rarely plug my books on the back it says are ghosts and ufos the same this revealing book contains four explanations of how ghosts and ufos identically move communicate use energy are physical and non-physical and intertwine themselves with the history of humanity Read never-before-published eyewitness accounts, recently unclassified government documents, and first-hand personal experiences of ghosts and hauntings and UFO encounters. Adrian Lee has brought the last two great unknown phenomena in the canon of mankind together with new and groundbreaking theories in quantum physics and collective consciousness. Who wouldn't want to read that? That's a joy, isn't it? Wow. Now, I was very lucky. The forward to this book is written by Lorna Hunter. She was the former director for MUFON of Minnesota. Mm -hmm. She's written me a very quick forward here. I'm going to just read this out for the benefit of our listeners. This is the preface, the forward to the book. So let me just find this for you. There we go. She has written, Adrian has blasted this whole thing wide open. Now, she's an expert on ufology. I've never met a woman who knows more about UFOs. It's quite scary. You think you know a little bit about stuff. She does. Oh, my Lord. It's remarkable. If you've got any questions about UFOs... Ask her. Lorna Hunter is the way to go. This woman is obsessed 
from a small child. It all becomes clear as I read this, I might add. Yeah. She's written for me very kindly, so many thanks to Lorna. This is the forward to my book she's written. My fascination with UFOlogy started as a child, inspired by an infectiously enthusiastic high school teacher with a passion for UFOs. Many years later, a chance meeting with the same teacher rekindled my need to find answers to the mysteries of the universe. I immersed myself in the subject and soon became a field investigator for the mutual UFO network MUFON. I eventually became the state director for MUFON of Minnesota. In my experience, MUFON has traditionally focused on the narrow study of UFOs. Meeting topics are normally limited to the nuts and bolts study of unidentified vehicles. Bigfoot, crop circles, animal mutations and alien abductions were once taboo and never uttered in the same sentence as the term UFO. Talk of UFOs being interdimensional, ultra-dimensional or extra-dimensional would be frowned upon. So to even suggest that ghosts and UFOs could be interlinked would be heresy. I then invited ghost hunter Adrian Lee to attend a MUFON meeting to give a presentation on UFOs in Renaissance art. As founder of the International Paranormal Society, he brought a wealth of knowledge gained from a lifetime of investigating haunted locations. He invited me to accompany his team and I was thoroughly impressed. The paranormal investigators use the same equipment, objective eye and forensic techniques in scrutinizing the evidence as the ufologist. The team then invited me to join full time and I have now seen as fact the phenomena of ghosts and UFOs and both are real. The question should no longer be do you believe in ghosts and UFOs but rather how good is the evidence that ghosts and UFOs exist. I have seen Adrian Lee's theories and ideas evolve and develop with every UFO encounter and ghostly contact. Not only does Adrian Lee present the strongest evidence that both exist, but he uniquely presents how they exist. Ooh. That's Lorna. Many thanks to Lorna Hunter, former Minnesota Yay. State Director for MUFON. So get a chance to go on Amazon there. You can buy that as a physical copy. It's out this week. And what a great time of year to do that. Yes, coming up to Halloweenus, of course. Halloweenus. He loves Halloweenus. He loves you? it. This is a joy. It's my favorite. Now I know how much our listeners like hearing of our adventures. We do lots of paranormal investigations. We're not just here to be funny and informative and talk about the news of the paranormal. I am the founder of the International Paranormal Society. We're a global non-profit organization and many people write in and say we want to hear about your adventures we want to hear about all the fabulous ghosts all of the hauntings all of the places that we end up going now several weeks ago we went to red wing and we've done a lot of investigations in red wing it's a very popular place for us we've done the haunted Rao depot the st james hotel of course is very famous that's a chapter in my book mysterious minnesota we've also done the theatre that's there as well there's a big old art deco theatre that's very popular so we've done one or two locations but we were invited to investigate the Goodhue County Museum now this is a museum I visited many times and museums are very popular in terms of paranormal investigations there's a lot of artifacts there's a lot of possessions that belong to other people they tend to be in old buildings but I do like Red Wing and we got invited back and I took a team out there. You were with me, Miss Morris. Yeah. So I want to thank the Goodhue County Historical Society for letting us investigate their fantastically old and brilliant building. Now, it used to be a home for nurses. It was attached to a hospital and nurses used to live there. Then it was an old people's home. I think for a short while it was a place of worship, maybe a bit of a church as well, if my memory serves me correct. And before I forget, I want to thank Robin. Robin is the director. She is the president of the Historical Society in Goodhue County. And she very kindly let us investigate. But I will be going back there. There will be an opportunity for our listeners to come on a paranormal investigation with us in that building. So around about November, around about December, hopefully, we'll be allowed to come back. And I'll give a talk, present the evidence of the things we found. And you can come with us. You can join the International Paranormal Society for an investigation in that building. What was important for you? What did you think 
of that investigation? What springs to mind? What was the highlight for you, Miss Morris? I had a couple of highlights that uh, stuck out in my mind. One of them was uh, we had the team member Gloria and Karen on my team, and we were up in, uh, what would you call that room that had the little cabin in it? There was a tableau. It was kind of dedicated to all of the settlers that arrived from Scandinavia, Sweden, and Norway. Mm -hmm. But it also had a little tableau where there was a Native American encampment and there was mannequins because the Dakota lived in that area. It's called Red Wing, of course, after Chief Red Wing of the Dakota Sioux. So it was a room that was full of artifacts of the first settlers that were there, but it also involved a lot of Native American artifacts and a lot of Native American pieces as well that were dated from back in the day. Right. We were actually sitting there and uh, we were running the the shack hack or the ghost box and what came across was there was a voice that said essentially that they were watching out or they wanted to let someone know that they were there for them and it was the thing was talking to Gloria and it said this really obscure name and it was someone that she had known that had passed on that was trying to come through and and it actually touched her she had got touched I I don't think I've ever been at a location where so many people had got touched before there was a lot of physicality for sure absolutely it's often the case isn't it when we bring members of the public when we investigate ourselves we have all the equipment running and sometimes what happens is the ghosts and the hauntings that are in the building aren't the ones that come through. It's our relatives. It's yep. people that don't get a chance to talk to us unless the equipment's running. That's right. And yep. you have guests come along and it turns out to be their dad or their brother that happens to come through and right. talk. Because when right. else would they get an opportunity? When else are those people around psychics, around equipment? And those spirits that follow us everywhere, you know, I've often said that there's 10 to 15 spirits you know, attached to all of us that follow us around. I've got a whole team behind me with a big A on their shirt for Team Adrian. Right. And they come through and chat to us. And that was a case there where Gloria, and she's never mentioned her relatives, never mentioned the people in her family that are deceased. But he came through and said hello to her, didn't he? Yeah, and it was such an obscure name. She said, there's no way. It couldn't have been guessed. It wasn't on the radio. It wasn't like John or anything like that, was it? It was an obscure, obscure name. Another thing that actually stuck out is, um, I think it was the room that had the wicker coffins in it, if if I remember, a baby coffin. Oh, they have an archive room in the basement where they keep all of the artifacts that aren't on display. You've got to remember that any museum or gallery only presents about 5%, 10% of the artifacts they own. The rest are in storage, they're packed away, and they had a couple of wicker caskets, one for a child. Right. And what had actually happened was um, that's where we did our second vigil. And when we did that, we were walking down there. And it's down this dark, long corridor. And as we walked by that particular room, it was Gloria and myself. We were falling behind, of course. I felt like something was following me. You know, almost like something is breathing down your neck, right? And you keep turning around. We honestly thought it was you walking up behind us, if you recall, I've, I've Gloria. I've got better things to do than scare you in a dark museum, madam. Yeah, that's probably, probably setting up equipment somewhere else. <laughs> that probably should have been Scott. But as we're walking along, Gloria even said it. She said, Adrian's right behind us. And we looked and you weren't there. And as we're walking by this door, which is a huge metal door, all of a sudden, bang, it's like somebody flat out kicked it and it made us both jump and and go down further down the hallway but it did it on command a couple of times during the investigation where we would again ask it to make that huge horrendous kick and and that was pretty impressive for me stimulus and response you asked for it and it arrived i didn't ask for it the first time though it's interesting that we have this unique ability as humans this sense don't we it's almost like being psychic we have this sense when someone's watching us, when someone's yeah. staring at us. Yeah. This goes back to the days when we were prey and predator. We were a prey to other larger animals that had big teeth and big claws and would like to have us for their dinner. Right. So the ability to be able to know when something is watching you or something doesn't quite feel right, you should 
embrace that idea. If you have a gut instinct that that's the case, you should run with that and, and listen to your inner voice because it's kept us alive for two million years. And I know it works because we're here today having a conversation and I look around and I don't see any saber-toothed tigers. So this has kept us alive as a species, this instinct, this inner ability to feel like you're being watched when we're the prey ultimately, aren't we? Right. We're someone's dinner at some point. Yeah. Which is where we are. I think for me personally, I didn't get a sense there was anything dark in this building, but I was walking in the same area that you just described where the archive room was. And we were on a walkthrough. Mm -hmm. So Robin, the president, was showing us all the rooms. We were writing notes. We were taking equipment around with us just to see what there was, where we'd set things up, where we think our best time would be spent in a large building. We've got a limited amount of time. Where's going to get us the most amount of paranormal activity? So as I'm being led into this room, I felt like the back of my neck was scratched. And I lifted the back of my shirt down and said, have I just been scratched? And there was no one around me and my hands were in my pockets. And I had a scratch mark running down the back of my neck. Do you remember? Yeah, isn't that when you went in the bathroom with Scott and he confirmed it? <laughs> well, I haven't quite I haven't quite got to that part of the story yet, but you've jumped the gun a little bit. Well, I don't go around taking my shirt off in random buildings, I might <laughs> Only add. for Scott. Only for Scott. He's a very lucky boy. So, a few seconds later, I felt almost like a burning sensation in the middle of my back. Almost like you've got sunburn or you've got a very mild acid. And it just felt uncomfortable and it was a burning sensation i wouldn't say it was painful but i was aware something was happening that shouldn't be happening and you're absolutely right scott and myself went into the restroom i took off my shirt and i had a big handprint on the back you know of my back here someone had slapped me on the back and there was a big red handprint and then i came out and showed everyone the handprint on my back i literally got slapped someone wanted my attention didn't they Somebody wanted someone's attention from that room, definitely. Do you yeah. remember seeing that? I'm not making that up, am I? We took photographs of it. We did. The physicality is always very interesting. You know, the scratches, the... I've been bitten, of course. I was bitten on the hand at the North Shore Theatre up in Duluth. Some of the physicality we encounter, people say, oh, ghosts don't exist. Well, I'm not there beating myself and biting myself and slapping myself. I can't slap myself on the back. Stop That's literally yourself. impossible. Stop hitting yourself. Why are you hitting yourself? Stop hitting yourself. There's there's someone who's got sisters right there. <laughs> I see what's happened. Now, by the by the virtue of modern technology, hopefully, fingers crossed, we have Scott Kenner on the line. Can you hear me okay, Scott? Yes, sir, I can. Whereabouts in the world are you at the moment? Where are you investigating? Uh, I'm out in Knoxville, Virginia this evening. I'm investigating an old Civil War battlefield, uh, the Battle of Kettle Run. It was in 1862-ish, I believe. Have you got any good evidence out there? Has anything happened to you while you're there? Well, this is the third or fourth time that I've been out here. Uh, I have family that have uh, acreage out here. And uh, in the past, I've investigated, and I've, I've actually developed a relationship with a couple of the spirits, most notably a, a woman named Kate, and she had asked me before to bring hay for her horses. And so today I brought a bale of hay and put it out in the woods oh. where I talked to her previously. Are and, you working uh, on the premise? We talked for about 20 minutes. So you're working on the premise that dead girls can't say no. Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm hoping. <laughs> well, as far as I'm aware, there's no laws in Virginia that say you can't date a woman who died in the 19th century. So until that well, happens... I'm verifying today that she's an adult. So, you know, what happens between two consenting adults? <laughs> yes. When one has no physical body, I guess. Wow. So what was well, your what was you your know, recollection? Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> Apparently. Well, you are the gentleman that saw me stripped down to my waist in the gentleman's restroom of the Goodhue County Museum, I might add. It's the eyes. It's those bedroom <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I did I did have a slap mark on my back, didn't I? Just confirm that for our listeners. Yes, you did, and I have I have pictures of it on my full spectrum camera, which I will sell for five bucks a piece, or and I'll get you to sign them. <laughs> What were your uh, takeaway moments? What did you enjoy about that? What was the, the thing that happened to you on that particular investigation? 
there, there well, I was going to say there were three things that that stood out, and one was you being scratched and getting to see you half naked. But so we <laughs> talked about that. Um, there was so much visual stuff going on in the basement when we were down on the lower floor. That first vigil down the hall, there were there were lots of visuals. People they wouldn't come near us, but you could see them down by the elevators. We were trying to get the name of that little girl, which you would receive psychically. Yes. And you would hear it, and she was saying it loud and clear, and we did it. We must have asked the same question five or six times. You heard the correct answer every time. And when I came and did the evidence review, it is so clear, three or four times the name Sammy comes through, and, and I can hear it now, and I could not hear it then. And that just kind of stood out for me is that, that you heard it, you got it psychically, and then... And then uh, now I've got evidence that that's what what you're saying. Now are you right in saying that you are a skeptic? When you joined my team, how long have you been on the team, Scott? Oh, seven years, maybe six, seven years, probably. Now, what was your mindset when you first joined the team? How were you in terms of psychic skills, ghosts? Where were you with that? Well, I would, I've been. I was a psychic or a psychic. I was you a were. skeptic on on. Uh, on ghosts up until two, year 2000, and I mean, I would have argued to you that ghosts could not exist, and, and then I bought a, an active house in 2000, and I kind of progressed to this. Psychics, I would have told you uh, seven years ago, it, it's a bunch of hokum. It's, it's, it, it's, there's, there's a trick, or, you know, you're, you, you've got information previous to an investigation, but <laughs> I got to say, I am. Well, I hate to, I hate to admit that I'm that I'm a, I'm a believer now, but I, I have seen you do some things that I that I can't explain, and really the only other explanation is is that you have an ability. Wow, you know that's recorded, and everyone can go back and listen to this, right? You know that. Over well, and over. <laughs> so just don't play it for my friends, then. <laughs> what stands out for you in the last seven or eight years? Tell me two things. One. What was your sort of standout moment investigating with the team? Because there's been some years we've done 28, 30 investigations in a year. So what stands out for you firstly as being kind of the most scariest uh, event or the event that stands out for you? And then perhaps um, if you could mention some things that, that you recall from some of our investigations where you started to believe that psychic skills were real. Give me, give me two answers to that question. Okay, the first the, to your first question, uh, a lot of the investigations stand out just because each each investigation is different. There's always something there's always something different that happens. There's something new, something that or I can look and go, I've never seen that before, or you know, how, how do I try to debunk this? Enter uh, was an amazing investigation because it was uh, there was so much. Uh, uh, audio, so much oral. I heard sling. Where was, was that at again? What's that? Where was that at? Edinburgh Manor oh, in okay. Iowa. Okay. And that one kind of stood out for me for all the for all the audio, you know, all the stuff that I heard and was able to actually capture so and verify that I heard it and that I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, I can't say that I've ever been scared in an investigation. Um, this isn't this isn't scary as far as I'm concerned. It's exhilarating, it's exciting, but fear is not something that I've felt yet. You actually got assaulted as well. Am I right in thinking you got scratched at the Goodhue County Museum? Uh, I don't remember. You got scratched was... on the leg when you went down to look at your camera. Oh, that's right, that's right. I did. I did get on the calf when after you had gotten scratched under the, the staging area getting ready i took a dvr down real quick to where you got scratched and i just did maybe two or three minutes just asking who scratched you and uh that's when i saw the that that black mist shoot out of the wall and into my legs or between my legs and that that may have been when i was scratched i mean it's at that height you didn't get a sense in this building there was anything dark there because we have come across dark energies things that you would call non-human. It didn't feel like that there, did it? No, no, it no, it didn't. There was nothing there that 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 I felt was that was dark or 
or concerning to me at all. Just finish off, talk about the fact that, you know, you started out as a skeptic, but you now believe that psychic skills are possible. Is there any moments you can recall on investigations where you think to yourself, I don't know how that just happened? How did that take place? Well, the the whole Sammy thing uh, at, at Goodhue Museum uh, made an impression on me. And I think that when we were doing the, we were in Long Prairie, and we were in the basement, and I don't remember what building it was. The upstairs was the was the funeral home, and, and we were in the basement, and we talked to Abby B, and you had you had written a whole uh, bunch of information on your pad, and I was asking questions. You you know you kind of kind of prompted me, you know, asked if she played a musical instrument and what she's wearing, and the information that we got out of the uh, out of the spirit box, matched the information that you had already written on your pad before we even asked, you know, before we even got the answers to those questions. I think that was that was probably the watershed moment for me when you had the information written down before we even got it out of the spirit box. I remember walking out of that investigation when we finished, and that was the opera house in Long Prairie that doubled up as a funeral home. So that was one of those opera house slash funeral homes that are very popular in this country. And I remember, do you remember what I said to you when we were walking out of that investigation? I do not remember. Uh Uh-huh. That's convenient, isn't it? (laughs) 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 I think it was something along the lines of, well, how do you disprove that? Or I made some sort of snarky comment i'm sure of that i wouldn't have let that go by without without getting that in the ribs i don't think no you were no you were very clear that you know that i should be impressed and i certainly <laughs> was that that's probably the most uh that made the biggest impression on me psychic wise and in, in believing in psychics then that i mean that was that was the turn point for me before that i had just you know, I would just, okay, you know, whatever. But that was definitely the turning point. I think it's very healthy having professional, science-driven, sceptical people on the team. I, I, I thrive in that environment. That's almost what you want. I mean, it'd be fair to say that everything that happens isn't paranormal. That would be correct, wouldn't it? That would absolutely absolutely be correct. And there's no one on the team that isn't willing to call you out when you know when it's when it's when it's you know when it's explainable when we can debunk something the team i think is very very good at doing that and and i and i and i want that to happen 95% of the noises or the sounds that are made you know can be explained away through other means but there's just that 5% and you're thinking i can't explain what that is and by default it's paranormal it stands behind or outside of the things that are normal I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your evening, Scott. Thank you for coming through. I know you well enough. How many breweries have you visited since you've been there? (laughs) Well, let's see. Including today, I've only been here three days, so I think three or four. Let's just say three or four. (laughs) And and you're still maintaining that you're talking to ghosts out there in a field, right? You're still sticking with that. Absolutely. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, pass my regards on to your ghost girlfriend, Kate. Let me know if there's any nuptials in the air or where that goes. That'll be a cheap date because you could sit there in I the might, cinema. I might do better that way. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to the cinema, you're only paying for one ticket. If you go out to, if you take her out for a meal, you know, there's, you're not paying for a second meal, are you? Everyone thinks you're sitting there on your own, ultimately. So that is a the cheap date. The are endless. That is a cheap date all the way around. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you uh, chatting with us tonight and uh, give our regards to your ghost girlfriend and we'll catch up soon, okay? I shall. Thank you very much. Perfect. We'll chat soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Now, we had a bit of fun this past weekend, of course. We did. We ended up at Crypticon. How would you describe Crypticon? It's in Minneapolis. Yeah. It's at the Minneapolis Hilton Convention Airport. Center hotel thing yeah that's a great description yeah we should have practiced that we should have maybe but uh it is a place where people who love horror halloween monsters um scary things all congregate for the weekend what were we doing there that's not our bag it's my bag (laughs) it's more your bag i have to tell you i'm not a fan of horror 
And oh, I spend much time in haunted basements investigating the dead. I'm more afraid of the living than I am of the dead. I put that straight well, out there. See, I get all that, but the people that like horror and monsters and stuff love your books. Yes, there is crossover, of course. There is. But all of the science I've just read out doesn't really. All of the collective consciousness and quantum physics. People you just want to see blood and guts and gore, they're, don't they? They're nerds watching B-rate horror movies in their basement. Well, I wasn't there to sell books, but I certainly shifted a few, so I'm not you complaining. Did, you yeah. had a booth there. You were I selling did. some of your wares. Yes, yeah, shrunken heads and terrible teddies and all sorts of fun things. You really are the darkness, aren't you? It's very and strange. And I love it. Embrace the dark. I've got one or two interesting stories to tell yeah while i was busy trying to make money you were running around well i was only there for a short time of course but i ended up being in a room where they were interviewing jesse ventura oh, no. so if you're not from minnesota jesse ventura was originally a wrestler yes and before that he was a marine in vietnam yeah during the vietnam war mm-hmm. and he was in the film predator Yes, he ain't got time to bleed. No, and uh, he was in The Running Man as well. Yes. So he did a couple of films with Arnold back in the day. But he was a senator, is that right? A governor? Governor. But he was mayor as well. But he was definitely a governor. He was telling me, me and Jesse hanging out together. You were. He was telling me he was thinking of running against Trump, actually. Oh, were you supposed to let that cat out? I have no idea. Thinking. He said he was thinking. (laughs) But he wasn't going to announce it until the last possible... Until you did. Until I did. Damn. Can we just go back a bit? I'm thinking. Wow. We'll put that straight. No one tell anyone. We only have 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world. I'm sure we'll be able to keep that quiet. You can't keep a secret, can you, Lee? I will tell you that when we were chatting... He was complaining about a bad back. He said, oh, all the wrestling I did and the things I did when I was younger, you don't think of when you're old, you know, and now I've got a bad back. And I think to myself, well, all I've done all my life is read books. So I said, yeah, I've read books all my life and now I've got to wear glasses. <laughs> that made me happy. I will say something very, very odd happened uh, during the Jesse Ventura interview. Mm-hmm. And I'm just watching. Yeah, there's a film crew, interviewers, and uh, director, producer, you know, all of that carry on. And I don't want to give a shout out to Andy, by the way. Andy was the cameraman. And uh, what that man doesn't know about obscure British 60s music is remarkable. I'm, I'm amazed to find another human being in this country that knows some of the strange and bizarre and obscure 60s British music that I happen to know. Wow. So that was a unique. I've been here for nearly 10 years. It was going to happen sooner or later. It was. Someone was going to step in and penetrate that Venn diagram at some point. Great. During the interview, there was a knock at the door. So, like of course, this? you don't want. I'm sure our listeners know what a knock at the door sounds like. Now they do. But of course, we want it quiet. They're doing an interview. So there's a knock at the door. And I rush to the door handle. I open it really quietly. And I prise it open. I look through the gap. And there's an old man standing there. Wrinkly. And I shushed him. I went, shh, we're doing an interview. Now. And he buggered off. Yeah, F off. F off. Go forth and multiply. Don't darken my door again. And... uh, disappointingly <laughs> yes i you told me this story and whatever he was the actor uh-huh that played pinhead in hellraiser i told pinhead to, to piss to off bugger off <laughs> <laughs> and live to tell about it that's a joy isn't it doesn't that make you happy i we need a Some t-shirt of the bizarre and strange things that happened to me but no one else we need a t-shirt that says i told pinhead to piss off and that's exactly what happened and you lived. Good times. You well, lived. it's Friday the 13th. It is. How many people have told say Pinhead from to piss off? to go for? Not many. I don't know who he is. And even if it's pointed out to you, the guy's got a mask on and prosthetics. I mean, you don't, you know, he's an old no, man. No, he's got pins in his head. He didn't look like that when I opened the door to him. No. If you go onto our Facebook account if you go on to more questions and answers with adrian lee you'll see a great picture of me standing at the front of ecto one the ghostbusters yes car so that was fun that was there and i got interviewed as well i was there to be interviewed if you get a chance go onto youtube type in now you know now you know with adrian lee and i was interviewed about my books my investigations my scariest moments yeah 
all of the paranormal. I really went through all my books. If you get a chance, uh, that's a really good interview. I would recommend watching that. Go to YouTube, look for Now You Know, Adrian Lee. That's why I was there. Jesse came in after me. He was I was the warm-up act for Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Don't promote it that way, <laughs> ever. That's that's how that happened. I was the warm-up act for the strippers. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> I also met a really interesting guy. His name's Chris Mim. Yeah. And he is a director, an award-winning film director that makes the most amazing horror films. Yes. And they're contemporary. Go look him up on Amazon. Go look him up online. His name's Chris Mim. That's M-I-H-M. He makes modern horror films. Yes. But he makes them in the style of a 1950s B-movie. So they're like, all in black and white. Yes. The acting, the cars, the fashion is exactly like the 1950s. You would think you're watching a 1950s horror B-movie. He's got a, a film about a fabulous. giant spider and you can see the little tarantula with the models. Yeah. It's a joy. They have names like uh, the Phantom of the Lake and the Cave Women of Mars and just, just fantastic, cliched kind of egg box carton monsters. It's fantastic. He does all Like his the own... spider's a hand. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. It you is. want to make a lot of popcorn and sit down in front of a couple of those films for the evening. It's cheesy goodness. And even the graphics, even the film posters that he's put together. Oh, fabulous. Look Wonderful. Joy, what was your highlight? You were there for longer than me. What was your highlight? Well, I was, but I was mainly uh, behind my booth, except for when I got out at night, I finally again got to put on my horns and my wings you dressed as maleficent is that right yes and it's my favorite it feels like coming home so anyway i'm riding in the elevator with my maleficent costume on that i absolutely love and in comes dana and cheryl now dana is actually a guy and i can't remember his last name but dana they, barrett no they were from Twin Peaks. Oh, I forgot about this. Yes, I and they this. were falling over backwards over the wings I had made for my costume. Oh my God, those are just fabulous! And they were I fangirling. forgot to tell you I chatted up Laura Palmer. That's right. You found out who killed her. Yes, yeah, so she told me. <laughs> she's a good-looking woman, I tell you. She's. they they are the sweetest two people ever. Well, her name's Cheryl Lee. The, the, yeah. the actress that played Laura Palmer, her name's Cheryl Lee. So I've got an in. I just walked straight up to the woman and said, I bet we're related. Right. Best line in the book, right? Oh, Playing yeah. my A game. Good-looking woman. Yeah. And I said to her, I think we must be related. Do you have any British heritage? And she said, yes, my family does come from Britain. Well, there we were, best of friends at that point. But they were very sweet, weren't they? They were super, super down to earth and super sweet. Just loved them. There's not been many celebrities I've met going around the circuit in terms of uh, in terms of the paranormal, in terms of horror that I may have thought to myself, well, even if they were a, a bit of a you know a pain, I probably wouldn't say on air. Pinhead was a pain. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. I just shushed him. Is what happened. <laughs> Do you think we've got time for a ghost story? He see was this? a pain in the neck. Oh, I see what you've done. Like Frankenstein would be. <laughs> so where we are. I forgot to mention Lisa and John, our good followers, Patreon mm -hmm. followers and listeners in the show, bought us some candy. So I'm going to uh, save that zombie candy. We're going to save that did they? for next week's episode where everyone Get can enjoy it. Because if we just sat here and ate that between ourselves, it would end be up awesome. being pig sick is what's going to happen. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. I've won with 10 points. Have you now? Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new <laughs> bunch of stories no. next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell all your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers. With Adrian Lee, or you can join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, if you jump over to SoundCloud right now, search for MQTA Radio. We do an extra 20 to 25 minutes that you can hear in a round called Not For Your Mother. You've been listening to more questions and answers, the only paranormal news quiz show anywhere in the world. With your host, Adrian Lee, we are the very best in paranormal news radio entertainment. The light before 
The Darkness. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris and Scott Kenner and all at the International Paranormal Society Int paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night